Everyone has been waiting for this moment. It's the LifeSpring One Year Bible coming to you from Riverside, California and podcasting since 2004 and just a little bit late with this episode. I am your OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. It's Prophecy Friday and our reading today is Revelation 7 through 11. I'm back from my surgery and this episode is well over 12 hours late and I'll give you a brief account of things after the reading and the commentary today. The website is lifespringmedia.com and I'll have contact information at the end of the show. Before we read, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you and we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for giving us a heads up as to the end times. And I pray, God, that as we read, you would teach us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, are you ready? Let's begin. Revelation chapter 7. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, so that no wind would blow on the earth or on the sea or on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun, having the seal of the living God. And he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the bondservants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. From the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed. From the tribe of Reuben, 12,000. From the tribe of Gad, 12,000. From the tribe of Asher, 12,000. From the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000. From the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000. From the tribe of Simeon, 12,000. From the tribe of Levi, 12,000 from the tribe of Issachar, 12,000, from the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000, from the tribe of Joseph, 12,000, from the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000 were sealed. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could count, from every nation and all tribes and peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, and palm branches were in their hands, and they cry out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, these who are clothed in the white robes, who are they, and where have they come from? And I said to him, My Lord, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation, and they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason they are before the throne of God, and they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tabernacle over them. They will hunger no longer, nor thirst any more nor will the sun beat down on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and will guide them to springs of water of life, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Revelation chapter 8 When the Lamb broke the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. Another angel came and stood at the altar, holding a golden censer. 
and much incense was given to him, so that he might add it to the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense, with the prayers of the saints, went up before God out of the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, and filled it with the fire of the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there followed peals of thunder, and sounds, and flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. And the seven angels who had seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound them. The first sounded, and there came hail and fire, mixed with blood, and they were thrown to the earth, and a third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. The second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood, and a third of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. The third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of waters. The name of the star is called Wormwood, and a third of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died from the waters, because they were made bitter. The fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars were struck, so that a third of them would be darkened, and the day would not shine for a third of it and the night in the same way. Then I looked, and I heard an eagle flying in mid-heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth, because of the remaining blasts of the trumpet of the three angels who were about to sound. Revelation chapter 9 Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star from heaven which had fallen to the earth, and the key of the bottomless pit was given to him. He opened the bottomless pit, and smoke went up out of the pit, like the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke came locusts upon the earth, and power was given to them, as the scorpions of the earth have power. They were told not to hurt the grass of the earth, nor any green thing, nor any tree, but only the men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not permitted to kill anyone but to torment for five months. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings a man. And in those days men will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die, and death flees from them. The appearance of the locusts was like horses prepared for battle, and on their heads appeared to be crowns like gold, and their faces were like the faces of men. They had hair like the hair of women, and their teeth were like the teeth of lions. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots, of many horses rushing to battle. They have tails like scorpions and stings, and in their tails is their power to hurt men for five months. They have as king over them the angel of the abyss. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in the Greek he has the name Apollyon. The first woe is past. Behold! Two woes are still coming after these things. Then the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar which is before God. One sang to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who were bound at the great river Euphrates. And the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released, so that they would kill a third of mankind. The number of the armies of the horsemen was two hundred million. I heard the number of them. 
And this is how I saw in the vision the horses and those who sat on them. The riders had breastplates the color of fire and of hyacinth and of brimstone. And the heads of the horses are like the heads of lions. And out of their mouths proceed fire and smoke and brimstone. A third of mankind was killed by these three plagues, by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which proceeded out of their mouths. For the power of the horses is in their mouths and in their tails. For their tails are like serpents and have heads, and with them they do harm. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, so as not to worship demons, and the idols of gold and of silver and of brass and of stone and of wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their immorality, nor of their thefts. Revelation chapter 10 I saw a mighty angel coming down out of the sky, clothed with a cloud. A rainbow was on his head. His face was like the sun, and his feet like pillars of fire. He had in his hand a little open book. He set his right foot on the sea, and his left on the land. He cried with a loud voice as a lion roars. When he cried, the seven thunders uttered their voices. When the seven thunders sounded, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from the sky saying, Seal up the things which the seven thunders said, and don't write them. The angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land lifted up his right hand to the sky and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are in it, the earth and the things that are in it, and the sea and the things that are in it, that there will no longer be delay. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, then the mystery of God is finished, as he declared to his servants the prophets. The voice which I heard from heaven, again speaking with me, said, Go, take the book which is open in the hand of the angel who stands on the sea and on the land. I went to the angel, telling him to give me the little book. He said to me, Take it and eat it up. It will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up. It was as sweet as honey in my mouth. When I had eaten it, my stomach was made bitter. They told me, you must prophesy again over many peoples, nations, languages, and kings. Revelation chapter 11 A reed like a rod was given to me. Someone said, Rise and measure God's temple, and the altar, and those who worship in it. Leave out the court which is outside of the temple, and don't measure it, for it has been given to the nations. They will tread the holy city underfoot for forty-two months. I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands, standing before the Lord of the earth. If anyone desires to harm them, fire proceeds out of their mouth and devours their enemies. If anyone desires to harm them, he must be killed in this way. These have the power to shut up the sky, that it might not rain during the days of their prophecy. They have power over the waters to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with every plague, as often as they desire. When they have finished their testimony, the beast that comes up out of the abyss will make war with them, and overcome them, and kill them. Their dead bodies will be in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified. From among the peoples, tribes, languages, and nations, people will look at their dead bodies for three and a half days, and will not allow their dead bodies to be laid in a tomb. 
Those who dwell on the earth rejoice over them, and they will be glad. They will give gifts to one another, because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. After the three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered into them, and they stood on their feet. Great fear fell on those who saw them. I heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. They went up into heaven in the cloud, and their enemies saw them. In that day there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. Seven thousand people were killed in the earthquake, and the rest were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe was past. Behold, the third woe comes quickly. The seventh angel sounded, and great voices in heaven followed, saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. He will reign forever and ever. The twenty-four elders who sit on their thrones before God's throne fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give you thanks, Lord God the Almighty, the one who is and who was, because you have taken your great power and reigned. The nations were angry, and your wrath came, as did the time for the dead to be judged, and to give your bondservants, the prophets, their reward, as well as to the saints and those who fear your name, to the small and the great, and to destroy those who destroy the earth. God's temple that is in heaven was opened, and the ark of the Lord's covenant was seen in his temple. Lightnings, sounds, thunders, an earthquake, and great hail followed. You'll remember that back in chapter 5, the book with the seven seals was introduced. No one in heaven or on earth was able to open the book or look into it, and John wept. But then one of the elders told him to stop weeping because the lion from the tribe of Judah, who is Jesus, was able to. And then in chapter 6, the first six seals were opened, and only one remained. But today, in chapter 7, there was an interlude, and 144,000 from the twelve tribes were sealed as the bondservants of God. And a great multitude from all over the earth began to cry with a loud voice, praising God and the Lamb. Now, in chapter 8, try to picture the scene in your mind's eye. There is a great multitude of people in heaven before the throne. Some are those who have believed in Jesus, and 144,000 of them are from the 12 tribes of Israel. There's a multitude of angels, and there's the Lamb, the Son of God, sitting at the right hand of God, who is at the center of it all. And then the seventh seal is opened. Everyone has been waiting for this moment. Everyone is focused on the book. The seal is opened, and there was silence for half an hour. For 30 minutes, everyone was still, waiting. What will happen with the breaking of the seventh seal? But before anything happens, there is silence. Listen to silence. That was just 15 seconds. Imagine 30 minutes. Can you imagine a scene like that with all of those beings, possibly millions, and there is silence? There was such an anticipation and wonder at what the breaking of the seventh seal would bring. And the next thing that happens brings a powerful message. After the silence, at the peak of anticipation, when you know all eyes were on the throne, an angel came and stood at the altar with incense, 
and the prayers of the believers, along with the incense, went up before God out of the angel's hand. Listen, do you think prayer is important? Do you think God pays attention? Absolutely he does. Imagine the focus of all of heaven here. Every eye is observing the scene at the altar, and no one knows what the breaking of the seventh seal will bring. And they're all watching closely. And a very special angel brings your prayers and mine and lifts them up to God at this eternally important time in history. It is the prayers of God's people that precede the final moments of the history of this world. T.F. Florence, the 20th century Scottish theologian, said, More potent, more powerful than all the dark and mighty powers let loose in the world, more powerful than anything else, is the power of prayer set ablaze by the fire of God and cast upon the earth. Do you think your prayers aren't important to God? Well, from what we've seen here, I would say that God considers prayer as vitally important. Let me know if you have thoughts or questions. Send a boostergram or call the LifeSpring family hotline or go to the comments page or write an email to me. I'll tell you how to do all that at the end of the show. Tomorrow will be Gospels Saturday and we'll read Acts 23 and 24. Our executive producer today is Kevin Dills. Thank you, Kevin. God bless you. He sent in his monthly $50 donation. And someone sent a 75,000 sat boostagram uh, from, I forgot which app now, but uh, they just said anonymous. So anonymous, thank you for the 75,000 sat boost. He or she sent that on the Nehemiah 10 through 13 Striving for Faithfulness episode. Thanks again. God bless you. LifespringMedia.com slash support. So here's a semi-brief rundown on my surgery and why this episode is late. So the surgery on Wednesday actually went fine. Uh, went in on time. Uh, they put me to sleep. They did what they needed to do. It was a laparoscopic procedure, and I'm told that it took about 45 minutes. And I, when I woke up, I was a little sore in the area that they worked on, of course, as expected, of course. And my shoulders were a bit sore as well. I was kind of puzzled about that, but I thought it might just be from the general anesthesia. Uh, I've never had that happen to me before, but uh, Leanne has had some other things happen. And uh, she's had soreness after uh, general anesthesia. So I thought, well, maybe this time it's my turn. Well, I spent the rest of the day at home resting. And when I woke up Thursday, uh, after a fitful night of sleep, because my shoulder soreness kept me in, you know, kind of that half sleep, half awake state. Um, I just didn't get a good night's rest. And later that morning, this would be Thursday morning. I sat down at my desk and began to put this episode together. And I just couldn't concentrate because I was just so tired. So I decided to take a nap. Well, when I laid down on my bed, my right shoulder felt like it had been stabbed. It just all of a sudden, just bam, right in the shoulder joint. Uh, it was just excruciating. And when I tried to move to another position to, uh, you know, find someplace where it wouldn't hurt, it just got worse. I didn't know if I had torn a ligament or pinched a nerve or just what. And on a scale of one to 10, the pain was about a nine and a half. I mean, it was bad. Long story short, I called Leanne at work to tell her what was going on. And she came home to drive me to the emergency room. 
They took x-rays of the shoulder. They put me uh, on an EKG machine to see if maybe I was having a heart attack. Uh, they ran me through some range of motion exercises. Um, and there was just nothing there. Well, the bottom line seems to be this. During my surgery, which was in the lower abdomen, since it was a laparoscopic procedure, they had to inject carbon dioxide gas into my abdomen to make room for the instruments and to see what they were working on. They just kind of blow your stomach up, their, your abdomen. I don't know how much gas they put in, but a little internet sleuthing taught me that it's common to put one to two liters of carbon dioxide gas in there. Could be more, could be less, but one to two liters, that's not, you know, an insignificant amount. So anyway, when they complete the operation, they, you know, take out the CO2 gas, but it is not unheard of to have some of that gas remain inside the abdomen when they stitch you up. And the gas, you know, wants to get out, it has to go somewhere. And sometimes it migrates to the shoulders, which causes the pain. So that seems to be what happened to me. Uh, a nurse told me that the best way to deal with that is to move, take walks, etc., until the gas finds its way out. <laughs> In the normal way, one expels gas if you get my drift. I know it sounds weird, right? So right now, as I record this, uh, the pain is still there. Uh, it's not as bad, but it hurts quite a bit. Um, but I'm taking some pain medication, so at least it's manageable. I can sit here and, and do this. But when I move my arm to move the mouse and stuff, yeah, it it, it gives me uh, some discomfort. So after I record this episode and get it published, I'm going to go out for my second walk of the day, then come right back into the studio to get Saturday's episode recorded. And I do appreciate your prayers. Well, as always, I do invite your comments and your questions. There are several ways to get in touch with me. You can send a Boostergram, of course, or you can call the LifeSpring family hotline at plus one nine five one seven three two eighty five eleven, or go to prayer.lifespringmedia.com if you have a prayer request or a praise report, which we will do on Sunday's show. If you have a comment or a question, go to comment.lifespringmedia.com or send an email to me at steve at lifespringmedia.com. to the team, Sister Denise, Michael Hayner, Scott Snyder, Jason Paschal, and Sister Brittany for their generous donations of time and talent. Thanks to Kevin Dills for being our executive, produ executive producer today and helping to make this episode possible. Beloved, I'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Thank you for spending time with me. My name is Steve Webb. Bye. LifeSpring Media, bringing the message of hope, love, and good news since 2004.